Hey, Bridgetown, and to any and all of you listening over the internet, John Mark Comer here. Welcome to the Bridgetown Daily for Tuesday, April 21st. Yesterday, we kicked off a week-long mini-series on the theme of endurance in the New Testament because that is the felt need of the hour. And I just have another scripture that I want to read over you. I have been reading and rereading, I think I'm on my third read-through in as many weeks, Paul's second letter to the church in Corinth, which is the one that a lot of people overlook, but man, it is just rich. And from the very beginning, Paul writes about endurance in a time of, in his language, trouble. Let me read over you chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and God of all comfort. Man, I love Paul's vision of God, the Father of compassion. He is most likely referring to a famous passage in Exodus 34, which is the most quoted verse in the Bible by the Bible, where God describes himself, and at the top of God's list of self-disclosure is compassionate. And compassion in Hebrew is from a root word for female womb. It's a feeling word. It's the way that a mother or a father feels about a son or a daughter. That's the way that God feels about you or me. His baseline emotional disposition toward you and me and all of humanity is that of a mother or a father is compassion and love. And Paul's on to that, the father of compassion. That's his name for God. And notice the next line, the God of all comfort. What does a compassionate mom or dad do when a child is suffering? Well, they rush to the child's aid and comfort the child. If it's a little kid and they fall down and skin a knee, they pick up the child while she is crying or he is crying and hold and comfort and love and soothe. And honestly, good parents do this to 30-somethings and 40-somethings just in a very different way. That's who God is. But notice what Paul says next. God comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you, here's our word, patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. There is a key insight here that suffering has the potential to form us into people of compassion. As Jesus said, be compassionate as your Father in heaven is compassionate. There's no better way to do that than to endure suffering. Because in suffering, we experience the compassion and the comfort of God, and as a result, we are transformed into people of compassion and comfort for others, for the world. The most tender people I know, the most compassionate people I know, and patient people I know who don't drop a trite cliche like everything happens for a reason or God's in control, but know how to sit with you in your suffering and your open and unanswered questions and lament and doubt and pain without judgment, just with quiet presence, all of them are people who have been through intense suffering and a season of endurance. That's what 
something like COVID-19 has the potential to do, to form you and me into people who are compassionate like our Father is compassionate. But that's not all. Listen to what Paul has to say next, verse 8. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure. Anybody feel like that? I am under pressure. I'm stressed out. Far beyond our ability to, and here's our word, endure. So that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. That last line has been haunting me for weeks now. I put it to memory a few days ago. This happened. What happened? Suffering, pain, trouble, intensity, pressure. That we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who, ha- who raises the dead. We have two great opportunities in the current season of suffering and endurance and trouble that we are in. One is we have the opportunity to move from reliance on our own willpower to reliance on the Spirit's power. Right now, my own ability in Paul's language, my own IQ, my own work ethic, my own ingenuity or resources or charisma or whatever it is, are simply not enough to keep going. And that is a gift. When we come to the end of ourselves, we come to the beginning of God. What was Willard's line? That God's address is the end of your rope. A lot of us right now are at the end of our rope, pulling our hair out as a parent with little kids in our apartment, or out of work, or at the end of our savings, or so scared of the future or what may or may not come. Now is the time to move from kind of a reliance on our own willpower, our own inner energy source, which is not a bad thing. I'm all for willpower. When it works, great. But for most of my life, I need a far more reliable and far greater power source, and that is the Spirit of God. This is an opportunity to move to a new way of living in reliance on the energy that comes from a relational connection to the Spirit of God, who in the New Testament, a synonym for the Spirit is power or dunamis in Greek. And so now is an opportunity for us to say, you know what, God, I need you now more than ever in my desperation and to learn to live as Jesus did in abiding in just resting and in drawing on a strength that comes from the Spirit of God himself. And the second really opportunity I think we have is to really surrender our own will over to God, to no longer rely on our own kind of ability to control a situation, but to surrender the illusion of control and rely on God. This is such a gift for me as a recovering control freak because I am painfully aware that right now I am not in control. I'm not in control of this disease. I'm not in control of the economy. I'm not in control of the future of our church or how long it will be until we can gather together again on Sundays. I'm not in control of so much. Even my own health I'm not really in control of right now. But that's a gift because control was always an illusion. And now is my chance to live in reality grounded in God, to turn my inner will over, to surrender over to God the illusion of control, to stop grasping and to come to quiet before God, to start giving thanks, 
loving people and myself even, and life as it actually comes to me, not as I wish it was. What a gift this could be for you and for me to come to a place where we rely not on ourselves, but on the Spirit, a place of yielded joy and peace as we are transformed into people of compassion for our city and the world. To end, let's pray for a minute. I invite you just to take a seat, put your feet on the ground, take a few deep breaths. There's a window nearby, just look out and up at the sky. Receive the air in your lungs as a gift from your Father of compassion. Life is not a right, it is a gift. We come from the dust and one day, be it in a few days or weeks or decades, we will return to the dust and wait for our resurrection. In the meantime, life is hard, but it is a gift. Just receive it right now in gratitude from the Father and his loving hand. And now I just invite you to direct the inner attention of your heart onto the Trinitarian community of compassionate love. To look, so to speak, with your inner woman or inner man at God, looking at you, the way that a compassionate mother looks at her child or a compassionate father looks at his child. And by the Spirit, just take a moment and receive the comfort of God. You don't need to fill your mind up with thoughts. Now is not the time for thinking. You don't need to fill your mouth up with words. Now is not the time for asking God for anything. You don't even need to fill your heart up with feelings or sensations. Just let your mind and body come to serenity and peace before God. Let yourself settle by the Spirit. Receive that comfort deep below the surface of your thoughts and your feelings. In your holy center, the temple of the Holy Spirit, where God himself is in you, and you are in God. God, here we are. We open to you and your compassionate love. Thank you for your hospitable welcome into your family, into sonship or daughtership. In trust of your love and wisdom, we just yield the illusion of control over to you. We let go of the need for our life to go a certain way. We recognize that as long as we're in the kingdom with you, we're safe and okay and happy and at peace. So come, Holy Spirit, come. Transform us into people of compassion who go out today and comfort the city and the world. 
God, we ask for your grace. Our willpower is not enough to live today, to trust you today, to not get anxious today, to not react or grasp for control today. We need your grace. Give us today our daily bread, literal and figurative. Figurative, God, in that we need energy from you to follow you today in love and joy and peace. Come and do what only you can do. Thank you. To end, let me pray Paul's blessing over you from the end of 2 Corinthians, chapter 13, verse 14, the very last paragraph. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.